Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hey folks it's matt zachary and welcome to vax on a brand new weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the off script media network hey i'm alura nanos i'm a lawyer a journalist a mom of a teenage narcoleptic and a professional big mouth lou and i go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Hey, Matt, how you doing today? Hey, Lou, what's going on? Oh, I'm so happy because this weekend my family is going on vacation. I'm not familiar with that phrase. Go on. (laughs) We are going on a vacation for the first time since the beginning of COVID. We had a trip planned last year during spring break that we were counting down, getting so excited for. And then at the very last minute, COVID hit, we had to cancel. So this is, you know, vacation, family vacation 2.0. We're going to the Caribbean. We're all vaccinated, our fingers are crossed, making sure that, you know, we're going to be as safe as possible and um, cannot wait to be at a tropical beach. So this is your first post-COVID fully vaccinated trip of potential safety. So there are four of us. Three of us are fully vaccinated. And my daughter, who is too young to be vaccinated, is not. So we're taking a little bit of a risk there. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. What has informed my risk? Well, I've got news for you as well. Tell me. Tell I'm me doing the same thing this weekend. Matt, stop trying to be me. We're Vax <laughs> twins. We know that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. My wife and I are both fully vaccinated. Our kids, the twins, are not of age yet. They'll be 11 soon, which is still not of age. But we're going to Hershey Park, our first trip post-COVID. And to the credit of Hershey Park, they've done incredible things to create safety measures and they're limiting attendees to like half the park. The water park has to be by reservation only. And unlike what we're going to talk about later in the show, they have not implemented a vaccine only passport to get in. 
but we feel very safe. We'll take all the precautions, follow all the rules, and just enjoy going away for the first time. I hope you have such a great time. And and I'll just say this later in the show, I have a little tidbit of information that might be relevant to Hershey Park. So stand by for that. Fantastic. <laughs> Happy packing, though. Have a good time. Enjoy the whole process because it's going to be great. I mean, it just it feels weird, doesn't it? To just know that is it OK to feel somewhat normal again? I, I agree. It's like you feel this this mixture of fear and guilt. But at the same time, you know that it's really important to, you know, do what you can as long as you're being as safe as you possibly can. So it, it's really a bizarre thing because it's I find that I know my family, we're always sort of bargaining with ourselves about, well, if we do this, then it'll be OK. And if we do it like that, then it'll be OK. And um, we're so conditioned to sort of deny ourselves everything. That's what we've been doing for this last year, that it feels sort of uncomfortable I, I feel very anxious, but not really for any specific reason other than just that I haven't done anything in a year. I, I think it's an unfair comparison, but in the in the cancer world, we talk about survivor guilt, which is that I've survived. Why has no one else? And is it okay to feel this way? Completely not apples to apples, but I, you know, have a tremendous sense of mourning and loss for everyone who's passed away and families who've lost you know, half a million plus. People are no longer with us and can't have the privilege of taking these family vacations, per se. And yet here we are having a little bit of privilege to do that. And, you know, I guess it's okay to feel that way. I mean, yeah, and I, I totally hear what you're saying because I feel like whether you're talking about a serious illness, whether you're talking about just having gotten through this time with COVID, you know, we all have that feeling of this is bad. We've been through something bad but we're now coming out on the other side of it. And I think it's very normal to feel that way. And in the same way that you would never deny someone the joy of, of saying, well, I'm, I'm thrilled that I've recovered from cancer or, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that I don't have a serious disease and I'm getting on with my life. You know, we can't deny ourselves that joy of experiencing what is responsible and okay to experience right now. So, um, you know, at some point you have to just you know, have the, the YOLO attitude. Right. I, think. <laughs> I think that was a good combination of cat poster and successories. <laughs> oh my goodness. Successories. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, I, I do. I, I have to interrupt this, this joyful moment though, to just tell you about the shit show going on in the world of recovering from COVID. All right. Not moving on. <laughs> Yeah. So we've seen that each week as we make our way through this time, you know, it's like each week has its own zeitgeist of what everybody is thinking and dealing with and stressing about and talking about. And now, thankfully, you know, so many of us are getting vaccinated and that's a great thing. And of course, the vaccination is important. And because it's important, it's going to be meaningful to private business owners and places that we go. Because of course, if you're vaccinated, it makes it safer to go and do things. Yes. So, you know, that's all good up until the point that you get to where the place you're going wants to know if you're vaccinated, right? Right. Because, you know, you could see how, of course, you know, if you get on an airplane, it makes perfect sense that the airline would want to say, well, we're only letting people who are vaccinated on this flight. It would make everyone feel more comfortable. It would be the safest possible way to go. So that makes sense. Okay, fine. But the question is, well, how do we go about proving that? And 
what if the states have certain regulations? Like you can do certain activities if you're vaccinated, but other activities you can't do. And if you haven't been vaccinated, then you're not eligible to do certain Wait, I'm, activities. I'm reminded of the movie Terminal with Tom Hanks. Yes. Where like <laughs> in New York at LaGuardia, you have to be vaccinated, but in Texas, you don't, but they don't let you out of Texas. You're stuck in Texas till you get vaccinated. Some permutation of that where you're just stuck in an airport until you are or are not vaccinated. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. And and it's not even just that you would wind up in a limbo, but like, okay, let's say you are vaccinated and, and you're in the best possible situation you could be. And now you want to go exercise your privilege of having been vaccinated. Well, you're going to need to have some way of proving to whoever wants to know that you've been vaccinated. So we all got these these paper cards that are, are obviously completely easy to forge if you if you really wanted to. And, and it's sort of bizarre because, you know, what what do any of us have that is important and written on a cardboard piece of paper like that? Uh, nothing. Right. You're not not even a library card is like Just that. Just go anymore. to Staples and have it like Xeroxed or something. Yeah, I mean so so the odds of it being something that, you know, that this piece of paper is going to be what gets us in and and through the checks. I mean, that that's unlikely to to really be a long-term solution. But then the question is, well, what is the long-term solution? And what's legal? What's legal too? Well, and, and what's legal is a really big question because for the most part Public health and safety is in the control of state governments, not the federal government. And that means that each state can have its own system for how it manages information, what it requires in terms of vaccinations. And, you know, if you don't like that, of course, that's going to cause a mess, right? But if you don't like it, it's kind of, you got to take that up with Alexander Hamilton and James Madison, because they're the ones that invented that system that the federal government's not in charge. I don't think they're available for comment. <laughs> Probably not. We can try Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. He may know. But but the federal government has already said, like, don't look at us. We're not going to create any kind of electronic system of proving that you've been vaccinated. You know, we're not we have already the travel passport. We're not making a vaccine passport. So that leaves states on their own to try to figure out what they're going to do if they're going to create a governmental solution. And then in the meantime, you have private industry creating their private solution. Right. Which brings us to the digital COVID passport idea, right? Well, I mean, which is which is a good idea, right? To have some sort of universal, you know, app or something that proves you've been vaccinated. And certainly that could be a good idea for some people. For other people, children, people who don't have access to electronics, you know, poorer people, people who live in, in remote environments, it's not really going to be a great system for them. And even for the people who could use it, there are issues about the security of the data, who is in control of it, how it works, who has to pay for it. So, I mean, there are so many questions about this and, and there's not really a lot of answers. You know, the White House has come out and said, Listen, we think this should be a private solution. You know, some private company, it should be free, it should be widely available, and basically, it shouldn't be our problem. Wait, so if you thought the chip inside the vaccine that controls the 5G in your brain by Bill Gates was bad enough, now there's an app on your phone that does the same thing. I mean, it's almost like if there was a chip in you, that would be much more efficient. <laughs> right. But we, we have to come up with some way of proving this. And frankly, like, I, you know, on one hand, I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. On the other hand, I also remember when, 
Yelp wasn't around. And now Yelp is the answer to everything. And yes. I don't know who pays for it. Like, I don't know how it works, but it's just there everywhere. And, and it's always helpful. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Somebody can figure it out. I feel like the idea of democratized access to a unilateral safety That's precaution. A lot of words. Lots of syllables on the show Those today, folks. So I'm words. so sorry. The next show is called Less Syllables, but I pledge to you today to use many syllables. Is there a way to kind of like not create the Hatfield, McCoy, Morlock, Eloy, you know, furthering of, of this country's split in half, haves and haves nots? You know, I've had the vaccine and you haven't, but I want to get it and I can't, but I want to go on the cruise ship and I can't, or my wife. And I want to go on the cruise ship, but she's in a compromise and not. I mean, how many permutations of stupidity it's, can we possibly seriously. think about? Did you see this business with the cruise ships about how the cruise ships are selling out like crazy? I mean, I think it's a sign that society I, A is ready to get back to normal, but we're so vested in safety that it makes sense that this is like a amazing free market corporate social experiment that you can only come on the ship if you can prove that you've been fully vaccinated. That's what we need. Yeah. I, th- I mean, this is crazy. And it's what's interesting to me is the the pendulum swing because during COVID and and certainly in the last few months as things have started to pass a bit, there's been much more interest in vacations like at national parks or camping, things that are outdoors that you can do with your immediate family that are sort of more COVID safe. And that has all made a lot of sense to me. Things like Airbnb, where people are renting their own places to stay, that has been very popular. Okay, things like cruise ships, where there's a higher risk of COVID, have been much less popular. That it makes sense to me right up until I, I learned that Crystal Cruises had its biggest single day of bookings in the company's entire history recently because it's kind of like now people are getting vaccinated. So now forget it. They're all dying to get on a cruise ship. Right. But I mean, again, it's it's just so, I would say, endemic of society's desire to finally exhale a little bit. And yes, I would love this to be a way to kind of shame people who do not want to get the vaccine because of stupidity, not because of pragmatic lifestyle issues. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. I'm, I, we try to keep the show apolitical, but all the data suggests that white male Republicans are the most hesitant to get the vaccine, which is compared to like 26 percent of the African-American and the BIPOC community. So which is the community, by the way, that actually has legitimate reasons to be hesitant based on historical data of what has been done within the healthcare arena. Right. With that group of people. No one's denying that, of course. But, you know, to the extent that can you be shamed into ha ha Nelson Simpson style? I'm going on the cruise and you won't because you won't get vaccinated. Well, you know, the thing is, to me, I don't even know that I think of it as an issue of shaming. I think of it as like, look, uh, you know, there's privileges. You took the risk you know, of getting a vaccine, if you think that that's a risk, you know, I took the risk, I went through the trouble of making the appointment and getting my ass on the line and getting the shot in my arm and having, you know, chills for a day. And now my reward is I can go on a cruise with other people who have similarly suffered. In in my book, I don't know that I think of it so much as shaming as it is as like, hey, look, this is reality, people. Sometimes you take certain steps and you get certain rewards from it. And it's just that simple. 
I, I sort of feel like I don't have a tremendous amount of sympathy for anyone who is going to complain that it's sort of not fair in some way that I can go on a cruise and they can't. Do you think that this is going to be limited to novelty exclusives like cruises or this will trickle down to bowling alleys, billiard parlors and movie theaters? I think that's a great question. And and if I had to predict, my answer is that it's going to depend on who the clientele of the establishment is. Because I think if you're talking about a, a place where the typical clientele is in an area where people are very COVID compliant, you might see a bowling alley or a roller rink or something like that have these very strong restrictions that you have to be vaccinated. And then in other parts of the country where people are, you know, the vibe is kind of less trustful of the COVID regulations, you might have it be more of a free for all. But I know that for me, if I were choosing between one recreational activity where you had to be vaccinated to go and another one where you didn't, I'd pick the one where you have to be vaccinated to go. And I think it's the type of thing that the free market will sort of settle for itself. I love that you mentioned the recreational phrase because this is not happening at Macy's or Target. No, they're like, come on in, buy whatever we got. Right. The BOGO <laughs> sale for vaxxed only on Thursday. <laughs> like, come on in and get your shoes and makeup. No, it doesn't matter whether you've been vaccinated or not. And meanwhile, there's been like zero breakouts in the retail environment. Right. But I mean, that's largely because I think people aren't spending a tremendous amount of time next to someone else in a store. You well, know, they're big and people are moving around quickly. Right. Plus, like, who wants to be stuck in a crowd of people at Sears anyway? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that lends itself towards, you know, in terms of recreational. Now, we, I want, want to move on to this insane, we're talking about fuckery here. The, oh, my God. It's great. <laughs> the theme park so, universe. Theme park universe is like, no shouting on the rides. What's this story about? This is amazing, right? So, and, and let me just preface this. I am all for every activity being conducted in a way that is as responsible as it makes sense to be. But in this situation, Southern California has, uh, or, or actually the state of California has this California Attractions and Parks Association, which is a trade group representing all the theme parks. And they've decided, you know, they're meeting and they're trying to figure out what are the right COVID restrictions that we have in our theme parks because we want to be safe and create a good environment. Okay, that's great. And, and, you know, they're doing things just like you said at Hershey Park. They're going to limit the attendance and, um, you know, they're, they're going to probably clean more, things like that, wear masks. But then California also says that they're going to force people to uh, face in opposite directions, like sit facing opposite directions on the roller coasters. But also they're going to ban people from singing or shouting while on roller coasters. Is that like a the real version of a gag order? <laughs> yeah. Only no gag. So, I mean, here's my question, though. I'm trying to picture this, right? Like, so you're on a roller coaster and you're up at the top. <laughs> and do they say, like, remember not to scream? I mean. That's a little, I, maybe a little Orwellian at this point for my brain to process. But also, this is what I want to know. Why is it important on roller coasters? Is it is it somehow safer to scream if you're on the ground walking around? Like, like unless you're really a weird understand. person and scream on the carousel. I mean, I, I literally don't understand. Is it because you're close, closer together, but on the roller coaster, but you're outside. And also you'd be like sort of at the top of a roller coaster where there's, I mean, really far less people. Than but if I mean, you were is in, it like, like an issue of like spraying sputum into the universe of COVID germs or something? Or would the, I think that's the, would thought. the gag yeah. order not exist if it was a vaxxed only day at Disney World? <laughs> this is something where I kind of feel like, listen, if I'm in charge of Disneyland and 
It's necessary that I make a regulation that people are not supposed to sing in Disneyland or or scream on a roller coaster. Perhaps we're not ready to open up Disneyland yet. So they really have to turn off the music in Small World then. I mean, I guess so. Although that's not a roller coaster. No, so. who, everyone sings along <laughs> while you're going through that crazy little cave, don't they? I mean, are they with the masks? Maybe they're not. Are da, they going to have the people? I want to know, are the small world people, Are they? do they have masks on? Oh, my God. That would be hysterical. Like, which countries would have masks and which countries would not? <laughs> that would be great if they, like, if they, like, dressed the little animatronics based on what the COVID numbers are in that specific country. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, culturally appropriate masks. <laughs> what could go wrong? Oh, my God. Well, everything for the I think that's so wait, this is Disneyland. Universal Studios has nothing but rides you scream on. There's like nothing. Yeah. There's nothing like placid at Universal no. Studios and Six Flags and Knott's Berry Farm. These are like serious roller coaster places. Yeah. And they're saying, now again, look, this is not like state law. Um, I'm not even sure that it's a park rule that if you break it, you get any kind of trouble. It sounds like it's more like a guideline, like they're going to tell people, hey, this would be the safest thing to do. But, th- you know, there's a part of me that really doesn't like this because I, f- I feel like it's too much responsibility to put on the patron. You know, I want to know that if I come to a theme park, that the theme park is only going to be open if it's safe for me to go there and enjoy it in the way I'd expect to enjoy it. If right. I have to curb my behavior, you know, and and act very differently from how I would normally act, then I, I then my confidence level goes down. Then maybe it's not time to open. And and that's sort of where I stand on that. I, I don't like it because of what it means. I want to cue the Mel Gibson braveheart they'll never take our freedom <laughs> every man dies but not every man really rides a roller coaster that was great <laughs> everyone rides a roller coaster <laughs> there's gonna be like new t-shirts like fuck you i'm screaming or something like that <laughs> like, i just feel like is it you know i just the thing that gets me about the roller coasters is like are roller coasters that important that we're going to go and go on them when we can't even scream? Right. Like, is this the thing we've been waiting for the year? Like, no one has said like, oh, man, I've missed my mom and my grandma and roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now for some ads. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Lou, I have something to share with you for this, uh, this segment here. Oh, please, share away. My children are going back to school five <gasps> days a week, full-time, starting two weeks from the airing of this episode. You lie. Five days a week, full-time? How did you get that? I would say it's a Christmas miracle in March for this Jewish family. I'm so jealous. We only have four days a week, two hours a day. Something magical happened in the Elfin Easy Bake Oven that is the Union and New York State, whereby schools are reopening full-time starting in two weeks, and children will be back in school five days a week. They'll be wearing masks. I think they'll have their mini bank teller plexiglass things around their desks and they the teachers will go from class to class and the children will not move during so the day they say um i also <laughs> so they say. I, I also heard that some heard of the teachers no some of the teachers will like dial it in with like an ipad on a on a broomstick <laughs> in, in front of the classrooms Stop it. Stop. <laughs> I, I swear to god this is what we're being told but you know at this point now I mean, what's the point? There's like a month and a half left of school, but at the same time, thank God it's something that can pave the way to some assurances in the fall. What do you think about that? And how jealous are you? I'm I'm really jealous. I'm not going to lie because my daughter started school two weeks ago. And even though she's only there a few hours a day, I can see that it has made a huge difference just in her attitude, her engagement um, in classes, her just even her bonding with the teachers. It took like a day for her to be really into it. So I think that even a short period of time is going to be meaningful for these kids. Um, even just to sort of see each other and connect after what they've all been through this whole time. I, I, I have to tell you, you know, so of course your school, like mine, my, we finally got the plexiglass in. Um, I'm assuming yours did too. Just in time for the CDC to change the guidelines and say we don't need the plexiglass. Anymore. I mean, it's not Horribly non-coincidental that this is happening at the same time. The CDC changes their school restrictions. I just love the six feet to three feet. Like no, they're just like never mind. Like you Remember can flick a booger, it's still going to go six feet, right? Three feet doesn't matter, <laughs> right? It's, it, what makes me laugh is that. This is sort of like a, a law school exam. I remember this where, where you know everybody prepared and rallied to have the desk six feet and do a certain kind of cleaning and put the plexiglass up. And then before the stuff even arrives at the school, the guidelines change and they don't need it anymore. And the person who really gets screwed is the plexiglass company. I know, right? Those, <laughs> those poor plexiglass executives. I mean, you know, they like hit a payday. They were like, shit, the whole world needs to be little bank tellers and we better get our ass like in high production. And then now they're like, oh, never mind. And you know that they're like, Jesus, the CDC, can you stop it? Like you just screwed up our business for the whole second quarter. I mean, you know where my mind went when I first heard this? Uh, it goes back to the <laughs> to the school band in their own little mini tent pods. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine totally. walking into like a classroom and there's like 36 little eggs you know, with like clear plastic in front of these poor kids looking out at the school, at the teacher. They, although, I mean, to be fair, it's probably still them better than them looking out at the teacher on their iPads in their home. And have your kids done this, though? Have your kids kind of wavered between wanting to go back and saying, oh, but if I stay home, I have unlimited snacks? No. I mean, honestly, my kids were 
of the preference that they're so used to being home that this would disrupt their routine. And I know they don't listen to this show because they're 10, but we kind of told them, you know what? You got to go back because that's the only option. <laughs> you lied to them? A little bit. <laughs> it's a little self-serving, but we really believe, my wife and I really believe this will be good for them to oh, just get out, physically walk to the school with me every morning again, like routine, like it's been since pre-K, see their friends, go outdoors, have some semblance of normal routine that will tee them off for summer so they can no. see their friends again and go yeah, outdoors I think it's and important. do good things. So I think it'll be great for them. And, and, you know, the one thing that you have to keep in mind about children is, you know, I know people say, oh, children are so resilient. And of course that's true. But in my, in my book, the reason why that's true is because children are able to create routines in lightning speed. It, essentially, if you do something twice, that's a routine for the kids. If you do it two days in a row, to them, it's like they've done it for the past five years. And I think going back to school, you'll see that by the second week, they'll act like, oh yeah, I guess we were home, but they'll like barely remember it. It's it's right. so strange. <laughs> and it'll be, you know, most importantly, it'll be so good for their mental health because I've seen it, it even in my own daughter. I've seen how much it's changed, even in such a short period of time. Speaking of children's mental health, I had to share this with you because it, it sort of cracked me up that the CDC did this giant survey to check if uh, kids liked remote schooling. And guess what they found? They love it because of snacks. <laughs> they found, hey, this is horrible for children's mental health. Yes. I mean, hello, Captain Obvious, yeah. CDC. I mean, we love you and everything, but like, I hope you didn't spend too much you know, horsepower there doing that survey because you could have just called me and told you, I would have told you, everyone knows staying home is bad for your mental health. Meanwhile, water wet, sky blue. <laughs> right, like, are they going to do a follow-up survey to find out, you know, they're going to release these shocking results. This just in, kids like ice cream. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. I get that. By the way, just to let the listeners know on, on the episode of my show this week that dropped on Tuesday, two days ago, I reviewed a groundbreaking study called Coping with COVID, How Young People Use Digital Media to Manage Their Mental Health. Anyone can go to commonsensemedia.org to read the study. It's fascinating. I'll leave it at that, but I'll put a link in the episode description below to check it out. But again, going back to our theme here of mental health and kids and Captain Obvious stuff, yeah, how young people use the internet to manage their mental health, the results will really surprise you. We're going to wrap up with this fascinating headline. Your unvaccinated child is like a vaccinated senior. What? Yeah. What, what, what? This, I have to tell you, this article in The Atlantic made me so happy. Definitely look it up. It's called Your, Your Unvaccinated Child is Like a Vaccinated Senior. And basically what it's saying is the risk level of bringing an unvaccinated child on vacation, assuming that the rest of the family is vaccinated, is really no riskier than being around a senior who is vaccinated. Uh, the transmission levels, the contagion levels, the the symptoms, all of that, basically it adds up to an unvaccinated child isn't really that risky. So go ahead and go on vacation and bring your children with you and don't stay in the house if the, the reason why you're doing that is because everyone is vaccinated except your children. Um, that was the most wonderful thing in the world for me to read this week, because that's exactly what we're doing. And I know that's exactly what you're doing. Well, I just know that by mentioning the fact that schools are opening, we'll jinx it. So by next week, 
you'll know whether that actually happened or not, <laughs> depending oh on whether I'm, I'm drunk and miserable or perky and happy again. But uh, Ilura will not be joining us next week because you are going on this fabulous family vacation. And we will be joined by our other high school best friend, Karen Salt. I will call her Karen Salt because she's actually married, but she'll always be Karen Salt. And uh, you'll get to know her next week. But we look forward to having Lou back here in the chair in two weeks' time. How's that sound? That sounds great. I'll be back with a tan and with stories about what it was like to go on an airplane for the first time since COVID hit. Well, I shall wish you a bon voyage and some good karma that there's not some douchebag on the plane that refuses to keep his mask on. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. No douche vacation for you, too. (laughs) All right. Later, folks. See you next week. Bye. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>